You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I am the founding and lead pastor of Formation Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Formation Church, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. Learn more at myxp.church. So we are currently about a week away from Thanksgiving. Holidays are almost here. Thanksgiving, Christmas, my two favorite holidays. What are you most excited about as the holidays approach? Mm, I don't know. Besides watching Home Alone. Yeah, watching Home Alone. I'm excited. Uh, Zach and his family are coming to visit, so that's very exciting. Um, I'm I'm having a tough time embracing that the holidays are happening. Why? Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> why? Um, we just have so much going on. We're mm-hmm. transforming our ministry center into our worship space, which we talked about some last time last mm-hmm. week yeah yep yeah. and then um i close like i close on a condo that i'm in like a two-year process of like i keep like i don't know how you say it like mm-hmm. i've been building a condo for two years but i have not done one thing right so i'm like some i've been i think in, that's still the vernacular yeah, people but use. yeah because people are like oh i'm building a home but right. you don't you're not buying an existing home you're having like this yeah. one is being built yes and i've been a part of the process yeah. and it's been long it's like long. when i said like we're having a baby and yeah. tammy had the baby i had yeah, nothing to do with well, well, i mean i had something to do with the front front end well, nothing to do with the back end anyway uh yeah but i so, feel like we should dig into the details yeah. of that. <laughs> what do you mean by that I'm confused. Help me understand. Uh, no, but I mean, there's a lot happening. Mm-hmm. So, and also, I'm a very hardcore November first decorator, mm-hmm. and I have I have some people who are with me in solidarity, mm-hmm. and I have commented on all of their like I know who they are, and I've commented on their like Facebooks that they need to go like long this year for me, mm-hmm. like because I can't be there to support them, like. I think it's really plausible I don't decorate at all this year just because, like, I'll need to, like, set up my apartment. Mm -hmm. And truthfully, it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. for, like, a week and a half. So it just might not happen. Yeah. I know I actually moved in to the last home that I purchased at this same exact time. Um, Was it really? I didn't remember that. Yeah, it was because I remember... I had made the decision, and I'm really glad that I did it, to go spend Thanksgiving with my uh, siblings in Texas. Uh, yes. And my realtor hung out, she was amazing, hung mm-hmm. out at my home and waited for my fridge to be delivered because it was being delivered, and then I decided to go. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but it was the same exact time. Really great time to move, by the way, because mm-hmm. you get all the Black Friday deals for all the things that you need, and that's really benefiting me. Now, granted, the mortgage rates have skyrocketed Not so since much. two years ago. Yeah. That's gone from 2.5% to I've locked in at like 7.1%. I will say, but... I'm sure people smarter than me understand this. I feel like it is such a scam that you sign a contract to have a condo built, mm. but you can't lock the mortgage rate until like right before you move in. Oh, you think it's a scam? I think it's totally fair. <laughs> I'm really thrilled that my payment, I, I can almost afford two condos for the same price. Anyway, um, so that's like monopolizing all of my mind and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have a lot of like holiday things. As a matter of fact, even my brain keeps feeling like, why is it so cold out? Mm-hmm. It's mid-November. That yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. But So I don't have a lot of like, holiday type things um, happening for me. But yeah, so I don't think that, uh, that I answered your question even a little bit. But Zach well, and his did. family. Yeah. That'll, that'll be fun. Yeah, and that's a it's a good explanation as to like, it would it's totally understandable that you're not feeling like- I'm a like very big the... holiday person. Yeah. It takes up. But I also, just as a side note, this little ditty about me set up on November 1st, but literally, I wake up. I like. I set the alarm on the twenty sixth of December, and it's gone. She's she's down yep. before most people have eaten breakfast or had coffee. Yeah, 
because yeah. I'm all done by that point. I would say this is the first year as we do get ready to move into our own space. This is the first year in a long time I've been excited about like holidays and ministry oh, at the same time. Okay, and like I'm I'm really excited about getting to. Christmas Eve has always been like such a nightmare for us. You know, you're like trying to, anytime you're renting a place, there's always the stress of like, is anybody going to want to work it? Cause you got to pay someone to be there when oh, you're using God. somebody else. And just to know that we have a home. Are we doing Christmas Eve? Yeah. We should probably tell people that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have been. You have? I have been. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, but just the fact that we have a space, like we have a home for the holidays. That's not been the, and that's, that's also the name, the name of, of my Hallmark Christmas series. For yeah. Sure. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, I think it's home for Christmas. Oh, okay. Um, but like, we've never had that. Like it is a, for people listening that don't understand. I, it's been the same for us. We yeah. are in the 22nd year of being in mobile church mm. with the exception of 18 months that we were in North Carolina, mm-hmm. pastoring a church that did have a building. And anyone that has listened to any of the episodes we've yes. ever done knows that that was not a pleasant experience for us. So 22 years of essentially feeling homeless is a very, very long time. So it, it is like a huge deal that for the first time in our lives, we are going to have a home as a church during the holidays. So I genuinely, I mean, I love Christmas. I love Thanksgiving. I'm pumped about friends and all the stuff that comes along with the holidays. But I think that's the thing that pops up for me the most. Yeah. Yeah. And like my brain can't even really wrap around it. Like even as we think about scheduling teams and Mm -hmm. all of that, uh, I I do the announcements at Mm -hmm. our church and I just shared with everyone, hey, so like you're going to serve – we're, we're taking a stab at an arrival time, mm-hmm. but I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I, like, Because even in our current situation, we're at something that's already a church, but there's still like a good chunk of like setup and like load in, and, mm-hmm. and this will just be like, turn turn on. Mm-hmm. And I have- <laughs> You have so, automated have, the crap I, out of I this place. I have so much connected to Alexa that when you come in and disarm <laughs> our ring alarm- it all happens. Everything go, and like I've already thought through like, and it'll like turn on the kids things the right way and turn, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a matter of setting it up and then it's just um, there. Yeah, so it's yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't even really feel like I, I, I feel excited by the idea of that. We've never experienced that before. It sounds glorious. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of, it's one of those things where you're like, I'm so excited about heaven mm-hmm. and my brain can't really <laughs> conceive of it. Right. So then you're like, I think I'm, I think I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems exciting, but then you're like, what if it's not that exciting? But you know, it will be, Yeah. (laughs) but you're just like, you're like, but what will I do? Will they have TV? I don't know. Yeah. 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 And anyone listening, that's like, how can you equate having a church building with heaven? Mm. Do 22 years out of trailers and you'll understand. Yeah. As soon as you like learn the behavior of driving around with a hot cup of water for many months of the year, because you know that your locks will not go unlocked unless mm-hmm. you pour water on them, then you'll understand. Then you'll understand. <laughs> anyway. Well, um, I mean, kind of related to that, we are going to take some time and talk about something that most, if not all ministry leaders are familiar with, especially right now, and that's leadership fatigue. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have this conversation in three parts before we sign off for the month of December. Uh, We figure like December is going to be a very uh, busy month for us. And again, as you've just heard, we're getting ready to make this big transition as we really do the true launch of formation in our new home. And so rather than have weeks where we can't get an episode in, we're just going to take December off and we'll be back in January. And I feel like 95 95 episodes in, we finally learned to just say, we're going to take a break. We're going to be on a break. That's right. Yeah. It's, Instead it's of just being like, oh, we'll be back for sure next yeah. week and then just get overwhelmed. <laughs> and all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we're going to we're gonna have a three-part series. This week, we're going to talk about the causes of leadership fatigue and talk about that our experience of that. Uh, next week, we'll talk about the warning signs that you might really be in the midst of experiencing that. And then in the third week, we'll talk about how to best steward it, steward it if you do find yourself in that season. But to start... Um, I think it's worth just for the sake of solidarity, I guess, mm. to just tell people like we, you and I both have been, and I, I mean, I don't, I honestly, I don't know how you could have led through ministry since 2020 and not have experienced leadership fatigue. I, I just genuinely don't believe that you can be a person that is in touch with reality 
and not have experienced that. But wow. it, it has been, it, but it isn't just like, I think some people think like, you know, 2020 ended and then the fatigue was gone. And that was like, for me personally, 2021 was significantly harder than 2020. And I feel like mm-hmm. a huge sum of this year, there have been points at, in each of those years, 2020, 21 and 22, where I have deeply, like genuinely, and not just saying this, like deeply wanted to quit mm-hmm. many, many times. Yeah. And we have had multiple conversations, even inside of this year, that I've said to you, like, I just think I'm done. Like, I just don't think I can do this anymore. And yeah. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And even if you have not said that directly to me, I've seen in your eyes multiple times, like, he feels like he's done right now. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't even have to say it out loud. Everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm real crotchety. You had t-shirts printed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody knows. <laughs> but what, like, what would you, like, when you think about, like, I mean, I know that you're, like, we, what's weird about where we are right now is it's, it's tiring because there's so much going on and you mm. have the double whammy of, like, you've got this personal move happening as well. Yeah. But, like, what does it feel like for you to experience ministry, like, leadership fatigue, does that make mm. sense? I didn't tell you I was going to ask you that, so you might need a beat so to I think about on it. But... That, just a little bit more, like, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I what guess, like, like, I mean, we're going to, so today we're going to talk about some of the things that cause it, and uh, next week we're going to really get into symptoms, but maybe just talk a little bit about what your, like, what, what has it felt like for you personally to lead through these last few years, especially at those points where you just, you know, whether you said it or not, you did really feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm done with this. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that I even understand how I, like, kept showing up in mm-hmm. a lot of cases. Yeah. Honestly, because I think uh, I don't I don't have an explanation for that other than, like, God just chose that, and so here I am. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just think that there have been a lot of times where I just felt like, nah, I'm not really going to do, I don't, I'm just not going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I think that even with, you know, whether it be with Sundays or whether it be, I mean, yeah, just anything, you know, and I I think it's, you know, certainly not isolated to ministry, but that's what the podcast is about. And Mm -hmm. so I just think that it's been challenging. It's been challenging to get people to serve. It's been challenging to get people to show up. Um, Interestingly, uh, I mean, certainly we don't, you know, we're not like Scrooge McDuck swimming in like a vault of money. <laughs> yeah. But um, people have continued to give mm-hmm. in a way that by God's grace, we haven't had to feel panicked mm-hmm. about the finances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, again, they're not like flowing in mm-hmm. just like crazy, but uh, I'm really grateful for that. We haven't had um, like a week where, and because a lot of churches have, yeah. we haven't had that week where we're like, we don't know how we're going to hit payroll yeah, this week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's not been the case. There haven't been a time where I've had to like call the landlord and see if we didn't, you know, couldn't mm-hmm. wait a couple of weeks to pay the rent. Like, and I will say, have been paid on time. honor where it's due, it is two things. You're, you're giving a lot of the credit to the fact that people have kept giving, which is entirely true, but it's also the result of the faithfulness which, with which you have stewarded what is given. Because there are two ways that churches get in trouble financially. One is sure. when so many people leave that all the giving dries up. The yes. other one, you and I both know, is because of just... Uh, what's the most spend, yeah. and spend some more yeah. yeah and just not paying attention yeah, to that kind of sure. stuff yeah yep and so we paid really close attention to that I, I mean and with my xp if we hadn't that's not a great commercial right you know right so um i think um yeah i mean yeah there's just been times of frustration there's been a lot of times of wondering like i think i've really tried to understand like what and, and I think even still to this day and very moment, like I'm not really sure what God's plan is for the church. You know, mm-hmm. we I think at some point once we like get up and off the ground, we'll probably do a series on what we've done here and what what we're going. But you know, you keep referring to it like the teaser for that is you keep referring to it as we're going to be the tiny house of churches. Yeah, and 
like maybe that's the thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, there's a lot of stats. Um, you know, someone in particular that I get to work really closely with has a ton of church data to support the fact that uh, a lot of the churches that are seeing really um, measurable and and significant growth um, have also prescribed to a lot of uh, really interesting political yeah, and like we can just say it won't come views. as a shock like extremely far right leaning politics yeah the farther right you learn that you lean oftentimes the faster at which your church is growing right yeah now. which um, makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah. 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 And so I just think that it's been pretty hard mm-hmm. and yeah. And I think that people have been frustrating. Um, and I think, I think as a, like, like I said, it's not isolated to ministry. And so as others have gone through their own bouts of this, um, I think that, um, and, and this is true for all of us, but I think that what hasn't seemed evident for many is that idea of like, as you go through like trials and tribulations in life, a lot of times people like turn to the church mm-hmm. and through this last couple of years, that's not really seemed to be something that people have made a priority. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of it is through 2020, when they would have, they weren't allowed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we chose not That's to interesting. Like yeah. buck the authorities and all that. And so they were forced to chart a different path. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, the whole kind of like, you know, behavior thing and all of that, mm-hmm. they created new behaviors and how they like cope mm-hmm. that didn't necessarily involve the church. Mm-hmm. And so then as a result, that's not like, that's still coming back into focus for people to make it a strong priority. Yeah. And that is because it's something, and we've talked about for years and years and years that we spend all week long Mm -hmm. talking about, thinking about and, and, and focusing on church Mm -hmm. and others, you know, I always talk, I I think my line has always been, and others think about it when they're about 10 minutes late Mm -hmm. on Sunday morning yeah, to a service. Um, And now I think others think about it when they, realize that they haven't gone for a couple of months mm-hmm. and wonder like, Oh yeah, I yeah. used to do that on Sunday mornings. And so that's just new yep. and weird. But I, I, and again, I, I think the pastors listening, I know cause I get to talk to, you know, not a huge section of them, mm-hmm. but a small subsection. And every pastor I talk to is feeling the same way. Yep. They just don't begin to understand what's happening to their church and, you know, those that are trying are going to just keep swinging until they can't anymore. And mm-hmm. that's it. Yep. So, yeah. And I think if, if the, uh, this is feeling like the most depressing, uh, I- introduction we've ever had <laughs> to a conversation that the, the point is not to be depressing, but the point is like one thing we've really tried to strive for since the beginning of starting this is like, we're kind of going to I mean, it's called from the field. So yeah. the notion is like, we're in the battle like sure. everybody else. We're, we're not like, it, it's, it's, it's like one trend that is very normative is like pastors quitting local church ministry and then becoming experts on it. You know, they become yeah, consultants, yeah. they become whatever. So the yeah. whole, the whole notion of from the field is we're still very much in the trenches, trenches of this sure. and not like even mega church or fancy, like, you know, we had like what, 50 people at church yesterday. <laughs> So yeah. something like that, like we're, we're in a the few throes. more actually. Yeah, it was, it was great. Week. No, yeah. it was a good, no, it was a, we had a great service and we have morale. It's really bouncing back. And so I didn't say that in, in any way, but just to say like, like we're like really in the thick of this, just yeah. like everybody else. And we are going to talk about our experience of it in real time. Well, and it reminds me, even as you're saying that, what it reminds me of is like, it's kind of like. Uh, if you're not in ministry, uh, what's that Zach Afron Apple TV Plus movie right now? The greatest beer runner, the greatest the beer run beer ever. Run. Yeah. I think it's great. And, and when he's like in the foxhole, yeah, and he's just like unassumedly like bringing these guys beer, yeah, and they're like actually in the field, yeah. like that's what that's what you get. So you might you might have just stumbled across it, or might be like a friend and mm-hmm. just listening to it and wondering like what's happening mm-hmm. and. Even as I watched that movie, I'm sh- like you could tell he just felt like, 
Oh, what did I get myself into? Yeah. 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 And so like, I will just say, just to piggyback on that, um, I think it was five weeks ago or six weeks ago is the most recent time that I sat down with you and said, I think I might be done because I just hit this really, and I'm, I'm feel very comfortable explaining why, like the venue that we were in was not working for us. We talked last week about the Mm -hmm. challenges of sharing space. Yeah. Um, this is this is in no way a criticism of any other church or even of the space, but it was not the situation was not working for us. Yeah, and we have done everything we possibly can to find another option and could not find one. So I had a moment where I was sitting in the front row, two songs into worship, and I was overwhelmed by this crushing weight that felt like where we are right now is not working and there is no other option. And in this moment, I feel like I'm the captain of the Titanic and we Mm. are on the way down and there is no, there's no solve. And so So you just have the band playing on the deck. It was the most like, (laughs) as just, it felt like we like, maybe the thing to do is you just pull the plug and to be done. And Mm. that was a moment where you were, and I couldn't even begin to tell you the number of examples I have of this, where you were both a tremendous friend and an incredible partner in ministry in the midst of it, because you spent virtually a whole day helping me unpack the implications of everything that I was experiencing and feeling. And ultimately that conversation is what led us to where we are now, which is after 22 years, we're going to have a home. Like it's a huge deal. And it, that has been a source of breathing new life into my own, um, like sense of vision ability. Like I don't feel leadership for fatigue right now for the first time in three years. Mm. Um, and it's not just attached to like the building thing, but that has been this huge crushing weight that we have had no solution for. Mm. And so all of that to say, like, if you're wondering how real time is this? Well, like five weeks ago, I was ready to to be done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how real time it is. Sure. Um, and I think there's value in, in processing things in real time. It's not sure. helpful when, when all we hear is leadership lessons in hindsight. In my early twenties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so all of that to say, um, two things, number one, you and I are, um, well acquainted with leadership fatigue and leadership weariness. Yeah well acquainted with it and we're still here mm-hmm. and i think that that is a tremendous testament to god's grace to us and there have been specific ways in which we have worked to to steward that that we'll talk about in the third week of mm-hmm. this this series but today where we really want to focus just a couple of minutes here at the end is on as is, is helping people understand some of the causes that have um been underneath the leadership fatigue that they might be experiencing. Cause I continue to, to, to have conversations with people where they're like, I just feel so weary, so worn out. And I don't understand why. And, and I, there's some very, I think once you hear them, they're very obvious, but sometimes until someone points it out to you, it's not obvious. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So let's just hit a couple of these. I, I would say a couple of, of things that the first thing that could be a cause of leadership fatigue in your life is unaddressed health issues. And by that, I don't just mean like, you know, you have some sort of terminal illness and you're not aware of it. I'm like, it, there could be physical things. It could be spiritual. It could be mental. It could be emotional. If you have never done the work of, of really um, getting into the interior aspects of your life, and dealing with past wounds and pain and trauma and all of that, all of that at some point, sir, the way I explain it is like the pain of the past eventually invades the present. Mm-hmm. And so if you've never, and we, that's something that we've been beating, I think since week one on this podcast, like if you've never done the work mm. to really look at the past, to look at your heart, then there is a very good possibility that all of the ways in which you have coped over these last few years and maybe the entirety of your life, all of those things work until they don't. Mm-hmm. And so what might be happening for you is you might be right on the brink of a really deep 
personal reviving time in your life, but at the be that, that the, the the starting line to that feels like absolute trash. Mm. <laughs> like you feel worse than you've ever felt before. But one of the reasons why you might be so fatigued right now is just you have this some kind of unaddressed health going on below the surface. Does that make sense? Oh, sure. And I think, I mean, I think a lot of people through COVID, um, you know, uh, changed their like fitness routines. Totally. I think, uh, I remember, I think I shared it on the podcast, but I had never once in my life, DoorDash, Postmate, Scrubbed, Hubbed, anything. And I could have gone my whole life without knowing about mm-hmm. that experience yeah. or without any of my premium credit cards giving me Lux subscriptions to any of the, <laughs> I have, I have free access to all of those services to uh-huh. get me of them pre, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so just to like rein it in yeah, and just to decide like if, you know, that whole thing of like, it'll start next time, like yeah. just start it as you can yeah. and do your best. That was the and, problem yeah. with like the way that this is just probably specific to COVID, but the way that COVID uh, developed was uh, again, like, there's endless jokes and memes about this now, but like there was this three week period mm-hmm. that was going to flatten the curve. Yeah. So everybody was thinking, well, this is scary Yeah. and it's confusing and we have mm-hmm. so little information and no one really understands. So it's totally okay to like soothe our way through these three scary weeks oh, yeah. by just like eating bread and pasta mm-hmm. and Everyone and whiskey all the things yeah. all day long mm-hmm. and watching endless TV. But then all of a sudden we're like, you know, through wave one, which ended up being multiple months and then a second wave that shut things down again. And then like, and all of a sudden those things become your way of life. Yeah. And so there is just a, a, these things that became these, what was supposed to be these really short coping mechanisms became normative behaviors. Yeah. And now we're all fat and tired. <laughs> I mean, I already beat you all the fat, but uh, I'm See, who knew? Too. Who knew you were just prepared? I'm a trendsetter. <laughs> you know what? That's the deal. I never change my style. I never change my weight. I just go in and out of fashion. That's right. As, as it does. So there but there's going to be at least four to five times in your life where I'm you're leading so the parade. Cool. Oh, yeah. It's going to be amazing. I think another thing um, is just, and I'm going to use the word. Yep. Do it. Mm-hmm unprecedented conditions yeah which and we joke about but is yeah, a real like were, it's real there were some things yeah i mean in all fairness unprecedented means it didn't happen before and the things that have come up mm-hmm. in the last few years that like i never believed i would experience in yeah. my whole lifetime i mean yeah. seeing the the like capitol building stormed right who would have thought didn't believe that was a thing. Yeah. That w- I mean, I we were sitting in this very room. Yeah. Like, and not by, it. and not by like, I mean, we we you and I both lived through nine eleven, so it wasn't yeah. like Muslim extremists. It was no. just Americans, right? That stormed our own capital. Yep. That was. I mean, I remember we sat in the same room. You remember mm-hmm. that? Oh yeah. And we watched it unfold. Yeah. Oh, you did? I missed that part. Oh, you're right. I was just, I think, reliving the experience oh, yeah. of that and missed that, and I just remember thinking like. What is happening right now? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure I had used the word pandemic. I, I vividly remember I texted you recently because mm-hmm. um, I have, like, made a change to, like, my gym based on all my move and all uh-huh. of that. And so I'm back at uh, not the very same one, but a similar mm-hmm. gym situation, the same brand of gym uh, that I was pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And I remember being there in, like, maybe November, December, and, like, you know, you can't hear the TVs because I listen to a podcast. But I remember mm-hmm. seeing, like, ticker things mm-hmm. about, like, yeah. co- back then it was always referred to as coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And I remember at that moment thinking, oh, man, the beer company has made some people sick. I couldn't understand why it was in, like, China. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, <laughs> they're just putting down some losing their job, <laughs> You know, and, like, they couldn't come up with a better name than the beer name and virus. Like, Poor guys. And that's what I thought. And that's all I knew at that time. Yeah. And so I'm back there again. And I was like on the same like step machine thinking, oh, wow, what a like full circle moment. So like the idea of a pandemic and all of that kind of stuff, I think um, all of the um, uh, stuff that we've 
had to do with like uh, social and political and Mm -hmm. we've talked about that and Mm -hmm. like racial Mm -hmm. um, issues and just, uh, and then we've got like this crazy. So, you know, the market like bought, so first like things like exploded and everyone was like living fat Mm -hmm. and everyone wished they would have, you know, invested in zoom. Man, do I wish I would have invested (laughs) in zoom. Oh, I just, the foresight you wish, you know, like if you would have just, had a moment to be but you know we were told three weeks so right. you know that but now like i mean the inflation and mm-hmm. and everything i mean people cannot like what i don't understand is like where is everybody's money coming from because mm-hmm. no one's able to pay what it costs to live but everyone's still alive so mm-hmm. i i don't understand like i think bank accounts are just get, emptying mm-hmm. I, I don't really know what's happening but so that's stressful credit card debt has to be out of control it You'd think, I, I, I mm-hmm. don't know. I, I like somebody's got to do some like work to like analyze this and talk about mm-hmm. it. But all that said, there are just things that we have never experienced. I mean, like my interest rate on my house, I am paying more in interest than anyone who has purchased at least in the, the 2000s and probably wow. more in that. Like mm-hmm. that's just a reality. Yeah. And I can, I'm going to hope and pray that the, like it's going to like bottom out again or this and mm-hmm. that and la. Yeah. I don't know. I hope so. Otherwise I'm going to be doing this podcast across <laughs> the counter from serving up people's fries and shakes. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. It's just, I guess a lot yeah. would be <laughs> the yeah. summary. A third thing I think um, I get, well, let me just say like the, I, I think one thing that is important for ministry leaders to, they don't have to tell everybody this, but it is something for us to just acknowledge to one another is, is in addition to experiencing all of that on a personal individual level, we have also, and this is comes back to the leadership fatigue thing. We've also had to help lead other people through it. And mm-hmm. not everybody had to do that. Yeah, Some people had to endure it themselves. Yep. And that has been, crushing enough and like, and work their job and, you know, raise their family. They haven't been responsible unless, you know, some business leaders have been and, you know, other kinds of teachers or like therapy, like whatever. But it is one thing that is unique to our vocation is that we have been responsible for leading other people through this situation, which is a whole second level of stress. Oh, sure. And, and that very, difficult, awful question to answer. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? You know, it's one of those questions that you get asked when like somebody passes away Mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's a question that literally everyone on this planet Mm -hmm. could and could ask. Yeah. I mean, not everyone's good, but you know what I mean? Like there's, there's no one who doesn't have that like Mm -hmm. bit of like, you know, as you know, as you talk about or program a song about how great God is. Yeah. Why would a loving God allow this? Yeah. There, there. I mean, anyone. I, I mean, I'm, I mean, I I've got that anyone. question. So. Sure. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I just literally before we started recording this, I was having a conversation with someone in our church that is walking through a terrible situation right now, and and is thankful for the fact that God has put all of the pieces necessary to help them through this time. But I just acknowledged for them, like, and it would be very understandable if you would, if you would have this question somewhere in your mind. So he's done all that. How come he didn't just save me from this situation? Right. And my advice was, I would, I would encourage you to be very thankful that God has put these players in your life to help walk through it with you and to do your best to let go of that question. Cause you're never going to have an answer to totally. that. But I, the question is very understandable. Well, and even for me, I mean, I feel like previously in my life, I, you know, that whole idea of like, you know, Jesus come quick or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think if I were honest, it, you know, and that's, it's that whole idea of our inability to understand or or realize the perfection of heaven or mm-hmm. being with God. But it was just like, you know, I like it was that like, I do want Jesus to come back, but I hope I get to like live some of life mm-hmm. and all of that. And I would say the last few years for me, like I don't feel depressed. I don't mm-hmm. feel uh, suicidal. No mm-hmm. one needs to like Be do a wellness yeah. check for me. And I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a sense in which like you, you get the sentiment of, I mean, I just saw, I mean, over the weekend since we've recorded this, there was another shooting 
at a at a college on the East Coast. Oh, good. I didn't know about that. Yeah, one. that's great. And that's kind of the point. Yeah, like it happens so frequently. Yeah. But like, you get into the weeds of enough of the awful in the in that it does exist in a broken world, and all of a sudden you do resonate with that sentiment of "Lord, come quickly." Sure. In a way that you don't win. You haven't experienced enough pain, I guess. Sure. <laughs> but pain does really make that sentiment come alive yeah. in a very real way. Um, I, I would say another thing that has been a real significant factor is the overwhelming amount of criticism mm. that exists. And and again, like, man, again, we've been in ministry long enough to know that I've been listening to pastors write and talk about how to deal with criticism the whole time for sure. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to tell you it went next level Mm. over the last few years because like we've had to lead through this season where it really meant that every policy that you made as a church, every stance you took, every position you held seemed to alienate or offend 50% of the church. Like I, like, especially, this is especially true through 2020. I really remember feeling like every, I have every choice I have to make makes 50% of the people, um, unhappy with me. And it wasn't really clear who it would be. Mm, That's totally true. Cause it was, you were forced to address things that had never come up before ever. Mm -hmm. And so pastors were forced to like confront and, and speak about issues that maybe other pastors in their entire lifetimes were not Never thought an issue. About. Yeah. yeah. And so that just meant like you were constantly being criticized. Mm. And I've never really been one, like, you know, I've heard a lot of pastors talk or joke about like these Monday morning emails that they would get about their sermons. And I mean, I've gotten criticized about that kind of stuff. But the truth is I've been spared that, you know, Mm -hmm. like I haven't gotten tons and tons and tons of that my whole life. Yeah. But I will say through that year, it it just felt like it was unending. Yeah. And it does really weigh on you. You know, you just get to a point where you're like, I just don't want to do this anymore because there is, I'm not trying to, you know, people say all the time, well, you're never going to make everybody happy. Right. But I would hope to not make 50% of the people unhappy sure. all the time. And well, that's how it felt. Even even your comment the other day. So as we've had to totally renovate this space, mm-hmm. we've had to like pull down things and this and that. And it used to be a multi-purpose space. And so we had this kind of like working bar and like mm-hmm. we would put food out. And when we first moved in, um, some people who are a part of our church at that time, uh, he like kind of built the top for it and we had everyone sign underneath it mm-hmm. and write a we, verse or yeah, like a yeah, prayer yeah, or something like that. Something like that. Like that. Yeah. And so um, those have come down. One of them is going to be used as the kid's space and another one's actually going to get mounted at my place. And so they still, mm-hmm. but as you turn them over, you commented on how they remind you of all the people who got mad and left. And yep. that's true. At mm-hmm. one point we're here and in it to win it and like totally committed. Mm-hmm. And then because of some rando who knows what decided mm-hmm. to leave in a huff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, I've joked about it, but it, it is like, I do have really mixed emotions about them. Cause I remember that night mm-hmm. and I remember looking on all those faces yeah, and everybody was so excited. And that was literally like a few days before we had to close down. Yes. And mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. maybe the week before. Yeah. Cause I remember we were like, do we need to, do we need to cancel that? And mm-hmm. we were like, nah, this is weird. I don't know what everyone's talking about, but yeah. we don't need to worry yet. Yeah. Yeah. And then now you look at them and within a couple of months of that night, a huge percentage of, I mean, literally we turned over easily 50% of oh, our yeah. church easily, that, yeah. that, that started with us before COVID. And you know, it was just, yeah, it was, so it was a lot of criticism and I don't care how thick skinned you are. That really, really starts to take a toll. Yeah. I think another thing um, that every one of us have experienced is some kind of immense loss. Mm -hmm. So personally, professionally, you know, Mm -hmm. I heard uh, somebody talk about the other day. I can't remember the number. I know it's well over a million, but Mm -hmm. just the number of people who have lost someone to COVID, just that alone, plus cancer and all the other things that just kill people on the regular. But we had a new thing killing people. Um, and then, so you've got that and just the regular things that have come up and Mm -hmm. just, you know, devastated people. Mm -hmm. Plus you've got, 
um, all of this professional mm-hmm. stuff, you know, in just the morning. Because as those people left, you know, I mean, unless you're a robot, mm-hmm. uh, you you create relationships with these people and you invest in them and you mm-hmm. care about them. And then all of a sudden, just like that, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they gone. decide to be gone. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll never see them. I mean, some of these people that you... I mean, you know, I think of one gentleman in particular, both like uh, a little bit older, both single, and we would get together multiple times per week for meals and talk mm-hmm. and all. And he just, I mean, gave us no explanation and just disappeared. Disappeared. Mm-hmm. And 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 there was a co- like you had like kind of a conversation that mm-hmm. didn't go great because mm-hmm. he disagreed with how you handled a couple of things, mm-hmm. but didn't necessarily lead you to believe he was gone and nope. he just was gone. Mm-hmm. And I think what sure, I told you afterwards was like, I, I didn't, I didn't super enjoy that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but there was no indication. And, and I'm saying, I'm here to tell you I'm gone. Like we well, sat for two hours and yeah. talked about all kinds of stuff. And he even came to church a couple times yeah. after that. And then, and it then was, was just gone Yeah, and shared with other people that he had left, but not mm-hmm. us. And I, I can think of several couples in our church that I invested like hours and hours of my life. And, and again, uh, as I've shared before, this is not my full-time vocation. And mm-hmm. so it's all my free time invested. And mm-hmm. that's hard. Like mm-hmm. that's like some of those relationships, even as I think about them in this moment and recount them, mm-hmm. like it makes me emotional because yeah. that's so hard. You know, the only thing I can think of is at, like, and I, I have countless things that one day I'm going to give an account for. Mm-hmm. And those people give an account for that someday mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And that's hard, mm-hmm. you know, just, just the reality that people just disappear mm-hmm. with no accountability or no commitment or no, it just is, it's hard to, it to deal with and grieve and, you know, all of that. It just, it's, uh, it's very, it's inexplicable for yeah. sure. I had a mentor <clears throat> at one point who said to me, this is when we were pastoring in Chicago. I'd had somebody who had left the church. It was really painful for me. And um, he said to me, you know, when, when the right people leave your church, it frees you to be the church that God has called you to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I would say at this point, and that was, you know, over 10 years ago at this point, I would say that is 50% true. <laughs> or or maybe that's, that is entirely true. What it leaves out is, <clears throat> and it still really hurts. Yeah. Like, unless you are, and, and I mean, there are a lot of really emotionally unhealthy ministry sure. leaders, unfortunately. So there are some really... Just detached. Yeah. yeah. And, and the truth is there was a time when I was far less... The more detached I was from my own emotions, the, le- the less affected I was when people left. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you are seeking to live any sort of... Anything resembling an integrated life, when people leave, if you have loved them well, that's hard. Yeah. E- even if they should leave. Like... Even if they need to go somewhere else and find a place that they can be, that they experience more resonance, that connects with them more, like all, it, it still is just really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And so there had, there has just been so much grief over, and then we're just talking about this one sliver, not to mention the myriad of other things we could talk about, but just people leaving has just been like grief upon grief upon grief. Mm-hmm. So the last thing I would say, um, and I think this is probably the the most pointed one that that we're still very much experiencing right now, mm-hmm. and that's that there is just this uncharted way forward, mm-hmm. meaning like the world has changed. And I would say anyone still trying to like get back to normal or still existing as though the world is as it was three or four years ago, like you're not living in reality. Like the world is just completely different. And I'm here to tell you, nobody knows the way forward. And so anybody, and I see them on Facebook and social media, like Mm -hmm. anyone selling a seminar on where to lead in this new world is selling snake oil. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. Nope. And so I think that a more productive conversation is how do we lead as ministry leaders right now? Yeah. But anyone that is like, I've got the seven ways, like here's, here's where, like, you don't, no one knows where, like, again, 
no one in our lifetime, I'm not saying that none of the things that we've experienced, I had someone point out to me one time, we were doing Q&A, I think, and I had said like, like our country has never been more divided than it is right now. And someone raised their hand and they're like, well, we did go through a civil war. And I was like, that's a fair point. <laughs> and that was a super long time ago. Did in, you? Yeah. In our lifetime, these things are unprecedented. We have mm. never been through this before. Yeah. And so as a result, no one really knows like, like it just feels like the ground has shifted. Everything is different. We don't know anything anymore. Yeah. And so we are all on this, in this new world, trying to find our way forward. And that can be very, very disorienting. And it's, it's hard and something that we need to be honest about and embrace and be, have more open conversations like this, even if they are sad mm-hmm. and heavy and waiting weighty, which this one is and should be. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think we do ourselves any favors by pretending that we are not fatigued, that yeah. we are not weary by pretending that things are different than what they actually are. We are in uncharted territory here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even, um, you know, the average church uh, typically runs their fiscal year is also a calendar year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm doing a lot of like budget support and help in planning and all of that. And I keep getting this question from, you know, this is typically the time of the year where I'm meeting with elders and Mm -hmm. talking with different people. And, uh, you know, the question I keep getting is, well, Tyler, you know, with the, you know, uh, impending recession, how do you advise? And I just, I'm like, depends on who you listen to. Mm-hmm. There's there's no way to know, you mm-hmm. know? Like, uh, churches don't have, like, a product release coming up in Q4 to save the sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, there's there, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about, like, um, like my Bible says, and we've talked about this countless times, mm-hmm. and God gives the growth. Mm-hmm. And so, largely, church budgets are entirely pretend. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> they, like, you are uh, presuming on what God's going to do in your church, which mm-hmm. the fact that he doesn't, like, strike the whole budget committee dead on mm-hmm. uh, commencement is shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that, that nobody knows. Like, no. it's all un- – and because who knows how this is all going to – because even if you're still here mm-hmm. and you can look in the face of the, the, the family members of the millions who have lost someone mm-hmm. and say, I still don't believe it was real, mm-hmm. good on you for mm-hmm. being that delusional mm-hmm. and um, – you're still at, you're still living through the impact. The mm-hmm. impact of this like fictitious thing or whatever mm-hmm. is still very real. Right. And so the recession, all of this stuff is like a part of what has happened. Mm-hmm. And so we're all dealing with it. And so even though, um, you know, not near as many people are wearing masks and we're not in quarantine mm-hmm. and some of those things aren't here, I also like... I believe, like, even on this podcast, I have said, like, oh, man, like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I could use a little COVID to get some time off. Mm-hmm. I got it. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to say I'll never ask for it again because <laughs> it almost killed me dead Yeah, even just a few weeks ago. I yeah. mean, it was a couple months ago I had it, and it was awful. And yeah. so I just think that whatever the situation is, we're all still very impacted from this and and there's no way to know like mm-hmm. i don't have advice to give like mm-hmm. i i understand people are paying for it and i will help you do it and my advice is let's be conservative mm-hmm. like now is not the time to staff up mm-hmm. i don't care what's happening yep. at your church like just be conservative because mm-hmm. there is the possibility that you know um uh, so as covid hit um, surprisingly, in 2020 and 2021, uh, large in part charitable and specifically church giving was not specifically impacted. I'm here to tell you, um, in 2022, um, your church's finances are not in great shape. Mm-hmm. And so if you have the ability to support your church, if you're you're listening and you're not just the pastor at your church, mm-hmm. but you're a giver, like give faithfully through the end of the year because your church needs it. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, mm-hmm. your church needs it. Um, and I don't know what 2023 would bring because if we go back and rewind to 2009 and the kind of the last sort of Mm -hmm. like housing crisis and all of that recession that we experienced, it was real rough Mm -hmm. for churches and people really, we planted, we planted redemption in 2029. I remember, I I remember myself and another elder Mm -hmm. 
like we did have the payroll issue back then. Yeah. And me and another elder at our church, uh, before I was on staff, we took turns. I kid you not buying cases of bottles of water Mm -hmm. and cases of water back then at Costco were less than $2 for a case. Yeah. And that's where we were at. Yeah. So I'm just here to tell you, like, I don't know what the future holds. Mm -hmm. Nobody does, but I don't think there's even a way to really forecast Mm -hmm. what it's going to be. And it it is uncharted. Mm -hmm. And so we just need to be prudent Mm -hmm. and we need to be wise. And I don't think right now is the time to like, you know, have your pastor go on and like, you know, uh, an eight hour retreat day and come back and decide they should empty the church bank account. I think that's <laughs> the time to like have that guy, like, you know, taken off as a signer on the bank. Account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my advice would be that you should have t-shirts made for my XP that says church budgets are largely fictitious <laughs> or largely, largely pretend, pretend is what they you are. said. It's, it's, it you is. Just making it's, things it's up. a guess at best. Yeah. So At very best. I think that's yeah. very, very good advice. So again, I, I want to just reiterate that the heart behind this has been um, it 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 matters to me. Um, I would say, like, what's the best way to say this? I don't feel super heavy hearted for the person or the pastor who's having a great day. Like, if things are great for you right now, praise the Lord. I'm happy for you, mm-hmm. but I don't feel heavy hearted for you. Yeah. I do feel really heavy hearted for the person that's listening and is in the position I was five weeks ago where they're like, I don't know how I get through this week. Mm-hmm. And so if nothing else, would you please, please, please take encouragement in the fact that you're not alone, mm. that that we have and are experiencing that. And I can, as hopefully as a way of hope, just say like, in this moment, I'm not where I was five weeks ago. Mm. And I'm probably going to feel that again, but I don't right now. And so be very, very cautious about making um, significant life decisions in the midst of an emotionally heightened season of life. Sure. Like maybe just take an extra day off. Yep. You know, take a nap, enjoy your family, eat some carbs. What, what like <laughs> get through the day, get a good night's sleep. Yep. Talk to a good friend. Like we're, we'll, we'll get into how we've worked to even endure the last couple of years. Mm. Um, but, but for now, just know that you're not alone, that there is hope and a better day is ahead. Mm-hmm. And so next week, we're going to have a, a conversation about some warning signs, things to look at or look for in your life. If maybe you're listening, you're like, oh, maybe I am fatigued. We'll give you some specific things that you might be able to pay attention to, to know that you are in that season. And then finally, in the third week, we'll talk about um, how to best steward the fatigue that uh, we're experiencing. But until then, um, we would love to be able to connect with you on social media. We appreciate you listening to this, but we would love to uh, to be able to to connect with you on social media. So you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me on the same platforms at, at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.